Hi and welcome to episode 44 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I'm the founder of This Is Reportage and This Is Reportage family and I'm a photographer too. Excited to have something a bit different for this week's podcast as we talk to the fab Alex Vita about something which is very dear to each and every photographer's hearts, our websites. Alex has a massive amount of experience when it comes to web design, having worked on over 200 websites. And more than that, he specifically only works on photography sites, so he really knows his stuff. There is so much great info shared by Alex in this episode, including the most common mistakes he sees photographers doing on their sites, why user experience can be much more important than SEO, tips on images and optimization, how you can differentiate yourself from the competition, the importance of personality on your site, and much more. Hey Alex, how are you doing? Hi Alan, thanks for having me here. I'm doing well. Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, so how is things with you? Because are you based that you're in Romania, aren't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's cool. True. It sounds uh, a beautiful place. I've heard. I've ne- I've never been. Need to go sometime. Um, and how are you doing at the moment? Because I'm I'm kind of asking everyone this, you know, with with coronavirus. Um, obviously, most people that I've spoken to are actually wedding photographers. But it's interesting to hear how it's maybe affected you as a, as a web designer. You know, has it increased your business maybe with everyone at home not doing work and looking into getting new websites? Um, I thought that I would have been affected by all of this because, well, my clients are photographers across the world and if they don't get uh, bookings or inquiries, I thought that I would be affected as well. But I was kind of kind of surprised to see um, how many photographers took this uh, downtime, the stay-at-home time as an opportunity to work on their websites and on their businesses. So... <laughs> my work actually increased in uh, these few months. Yeah, that's good, though, man. That's good to hear how, for someone, it it, it has uh, had a as a, a a positive on your business. So really, because obviously, most all my colleagues have like no no work, no weddings. It's um been a scary time, really. Yeah, well, everyone with any sort of events obviously was hugely affected. Um, but yeah, if some photographers, if they were already well established. They had some savings. They weren't uh, really affected personally and financially. Then they really took this as an opportunity to do something about it, to prepare their business in some way for when after things settle down a bit. So mm, yeah, that's true. That's true. So tell us, tell us about your journey then. How did you get into web design and education, educating photographers on their websites? How did you get into all of this? Well, I actually started as a photographer myself after finishing college. Uh, I was just, uh, I didn't fancy a job at a desk in an <laughs> IT company. It, it, yeah. it just wasn't for me. And my huge hobby and passion was photography. So I, I just started doing that. Imagine imagine the chat I had to do then with my parents to say that I, I'm not going for a comfortable office job. I just oh. want to do freelance photography. They were scared, of course. Oh, I can imagine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I did that for a while. I... Um, I shot a few weddings. I had my own photo studio at home, shot portraits. So I kind of uh, had some experience with that. Did but you because, like doing the weddings? Did you enjoy them? Or? Um, 
kind of mixed feelings. Uh, I enjoyed yeah. the craft of it. I enjoyed, I, I, I'm mostly an introvert. I, I prefer, I, I thrive alone in some right. way. So I, I, I love the craft of it, like uh, shooting the, the creative side of it and editing the photos at home. But uh, it consumed so much energy just being out there, interacting with, with people during mm -hmm. the wedding and being needing to be to be forceful to instruct people how to stand and what to do and things like that it was just so taxing on my energy <laughs> mm, i get that yeah yeah but that's just personal personal stuff um but i enjoyed the, the craft of it and the, the the photography the creative aspect okay um and then uh, just because my background is in computer science, I build, you know, I build my own portfolio and then I build uh, websites for a couple of photographers who heard about me and then it kind of just grew from there. Uh, it yeah, started okay. picking up and yeah. Nice. And how long have you been doing this then now? Well, I've been building photography websites for 12 years now, exclusively. Wow. I only do web design for photographers across the world. Yeah, That's very cool. I think it's very cool that you're specific to photographers as well. I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, um, you kind of start learning the nuances uh, as opposed to doing general web design. You know, photography mm -hmm. websites have their unique aspects. They're always very image heavy. They need specific, uh, you know, photography, e-commerce stuff. They're, they're unlike other types of websites in some ways. Yeah. And it's so important for us, you know, talking as a wedding photographer myself, you know, uh, my website, it's, it's virtually everything, isn't it? It's your storefront. It's your it's your everything. It's how you get all your custom and how you get out there, really. So it's, it's so important. It's the business card. Yeah, mm, definitely. So, OK, it's great that we've got you here. I think I think people are going to be so interested. So let's start with a big one. Um, what does make for a great photography website? You know, how do you create a great modern site these days? Well, that's obviously a very loaded question. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot of factors that go into it. Um, these days, I think that, uh, you know, the Internet is so crowded and many photography uh, specialties are so saturated. It's really hard to stand apart in some way. And the website should do that, but um, it's hard to do it. And um, it's... Um, it's about making the website uh, very clear and easy to use. My my pet peeve is when I see photographers coming to me obsessed about SEO and technical stuff, but they have awful websites in terms of user experience, right? They have mistakes and design mistakes and functionality things with their websites and they're mm -hmm. still only focused about seo tags and all of that and <laughs> yeah <it's>, that is <laughs> like built it's like banged into us how important seo is i think so yeah i get that but it, it must it be is. annoying yeah it is and I, I totally get the obsession with seo because it's it's a measurable thing it's it's easier in some ways to focus on seo because it's a numbers game. You can you can see your traffic increase, and everyone thinks, okay, traffic is everything that leads to income and inquiries and all of that. Mm -hmm. But what you don't see is how many of how much of that traffic lands on your website, and then they 
don't like what they're seeing, they don't trust you, or they cannot find the information quickly, and all of that user experience stuff, and it all it all matters, and all those SEO efforts and marketing efforts go to waste in some ways, just because the website is not polished, it has mistakes. Right, yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. So with user experience, so what is it in case people are not really clear on what that is? What are all the elements of user experience? Is it like easily navigable and I don't know, the flow of the website? And I don't know that it works on all different kind of browsers and things. Yeah, it's a combination of all of that. Um, it's having um, a simple to use navigation menu. That's where huge mistakes happen sometimes. Um, either they have uh, photographers have too many navigation menu items like over seven ten twelve i've seen a lot like oh, you wow. land on that website and you're immediately confused uh, kind of the navigation menu became a, a dumping ground for that photographer over the years all new pages ended up there no decisions were taken to, to take something out mm. um and then you know user experience is a anything to do with navigation, it's not just the menu, it's if they have slideshows, if they have uh, galleries, grids of images, all of that is navigation, how people interact with the website. If uh, And it all comes down to the goals for the website. Um, so obviously, it, it's all a big, it depends on the type of the website. But if we're talking just about a simple portfolio website, just a presentation of the photographer's best work, usually the main goal there is to get inquiries, right? Mm -hmm. To have the, the, the visitor contact them. Yeah. So yeah. the entire website should kind of flow towards the contact page in some way. And websites okay. that just don't do that, uh, they use those full screen homepage slideshows that mm -hmm. wedding photographers are fond of. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and nothing, not much else on the homepage. Uh, there's no text or tagline or any sort of introduction about what this photographer does. Uh, you know, the visitors are kind of just forced to be a detective to figure out based on those homepage slideshow images, what they do. And it's not enough usually. Okay. And then how do you end up from there to a portfolio gallery and from there to maybe a pricing page and then to the contact page? All that navigation towards the contact page is, is broken or it's unintuitive and that all, can, that all affects right, the effectiveness of the website. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes so sense. And it's so interesting talking to you about all this kind of thing. I'm, I mean, personally, myself for my own wedding photography site, because as well as, uh, you know, running this as reportage, I'm, I'm a wedding photographer as well. So I've been looking just recently at kind of changing my website. Um, you know, for someone who's had the same website for a, a long time and wants a kind of a new up, well, an updated kind of web presence, do you, what do you really recommend? Do you recommend going from a whole new site from scratch or is it enough just to change kind of like WordPress themes? Um, uh, again, it kind of depends on the goals of the photographer. Um, I have a bias towards WordPress just because it's so powerful and flexible, 
Um, and I know how to use it from my experience, but I know it's not for everyone. If, if a photographer does have kind of this do-it-yourself mindset and they're not very tech-savvy, it's possible that WordPress is an overkill for, for them. Right. Um, and usually those are the photographers that go with, you know, Squarespace or Wix or uh, some yeah. sort of template or anything like that. But my thought is that everyone who's a bit serious about it kind of goes for WordPress and a strong theme and build upon it because then you have room to grow in the future to add more features. You know, the whole WordPress ecosystem is so, so strong. Um, so that's my main recommendation. Mm -hmm. Is that why you build kind of all, all your bespoke websites in yourself? Is it WordPress? Yeah, yeah. Most yeah. of the times I build uh, WordPress. Um, it kind of depends on their needs. If I go for something very custom, bespoke, um, really from scratch or just uh, starting from a template, but trying right. to customize it as much as possible, you know, so it, it's still unique and has their personality because uh, otherwise you kind of risk you you use a template a, a WordPress theme and it gets used by hundreds of other mm. websites out there you don't want that so yeah that's so true I remember about five years ago every wedding photographer was using a pro photo kind of template I think yeah. they all look the same all look the same yeah, yeah. And then um, over time, they updated that template and then they ran into trouble and then they got in touch with me. <laughs> All right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got so many emails about issues with pro photo themes and they wanted to switch because they got bored of it. Okay. Um, yeah. And it how happened. is it, you know, for photographers maybe who, I think a lot of photographers, maybe they get a website built or they do it themselves in WordPress and then they've never really ever changed um, themes. How easy is it to change themes? You know, does it cause lots of issues when you do or is it quite easy? Um, I wouldn't say it's easy, no, uh, because, uh, okay, the actual uh, page content and blog post content that's in the website should still be there uh, if if you change the theme, but it's usually more complicated because each theme comes with its own page builder and sometimes they don't play along well with okay. each other. You change the theme and then the entire look and layout of the pages is broken. Each theme uses its, its own short codes for the page builder and so forth. So you kind of have to go through it page by page to mm. fix the layouts. It's not easy all the time. And uh, when that happens, usually, you know, the photographer kind of considers it an opportunity to rework their website from scratch. It's to think about their content as well. I. I I have rarely seen just a change of theme alone without um, working on the content itself as well. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, that that's good to know. That is good to know. And you, as you, as a web designer yourself, do you prefer personally, you know, starting from scratch with a client, with someone who's never had a website, or do you enjoy totally change, you know, to coming up with a whole new kind of website for a, a someone who already has a site? Or do you just enjoy doing both? You know, do you have preference? Um, 
I, I don't have a preference. I usually try not to have a preference because the decision needs to be taken based on their needs. Um, it's it's a game of compromises, right? Because a, a full featured website from scratch, okay, it's more powerful. It has more features and all of that, but you're trading time and money and energy, right? It's more expensive. It takes more time. And for some photographers, that's too much so we sometimes go with a simpler solution like a, a simpler template but again it really depends there are a few um, tiebreakers which i try to use when taking this decision usually it's whether they're a beginner or a pro mm -hmm. um, or if they just need a simple portfolio website like i said so just something to showcase their best work and then a, a contact page and that's it just like a business card mm -hmm. or they need a full featured website right they have more services to promote they need a blog area they need um, bookings or calendars or anything like that uh, that's where the decision happens and then on top of all of that you have e-commerce, uh, any sort of need to sell prints or licenses, downloads, or other photo-based products because e-commerce is such a big component. Uh, it trumps all other decisions uh, based right. on the, their licensing needs or print needs. Uh, we need to go towards a platform or another. Uh, and that's when WordPress might not always be the first option. Um, okay. Right, and because well, for prints especially, if they need self-fulfillment self or automatic fulfillment, right? Automatic mm. being the order goes to the print lab and the print lab ships uh, the final prints to the, the buyer directly, right? Mm. The photographer never touches it. And not all platforms do that. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And you must, I guess then you must work with people of all different kind of technical ability as well. So people, you know, some photographers have no idea about the technical sides of websites and other photographers are more aware. I guess you work with all different types of clients in that way. Uh, yeah, there's a, a healthy range of yeah. all types of photographers. And so that's why I, I, for someone who's not experienced and not tech savvy, uh, I cannot put a f very complex WordPress website in their hands because mm -hmm. they would need so much. Um, and I'm used to doing uh, training with them, handholding them to learn to use their website, but it's it's just too much for some of them. So yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. Do you have and uh, thinking about it from the the other way around um do you have any tips for working with a web designer in general you know what makes for a, a nightmare client for you and and then conversely what what helps you what is a what is a good client wow that's a great question um <laughs> i thought it'd be good to turn it around the other way <laughs> <laughs> yeah excellent so um well my ideal client is um a photographer who, you know, comes to a web design expert with an open mind, meaning um, they don't go to a web designer to say, 
do this and move this button to 10 pixels to the right and change this color, all right? Exactly. Um, they, they want in their own business for photography, they want to position themselves as experts, you know, to have clients come to them because they're an expert, but sometimes they're not open to experts from other industries. Mm-hmm. Um, and they come with this mindset that, the web designer just should should just do whatever they say to build a website that they like. And that's flawed in many ways, uh, mainly because the website is not for them. The website is for their audience and their personal preferences as the photographers, as the site owners, uh, their preferences aren't always the best. They don't know what photo buyers need or want mainly. So they they go with um, wrong choices of templates, of design design decisions, colors, fonts, and all of that, and um, page elements that are boring and they affect user experience just because they have a small affinity for them, but it's right, not right. the best decision. So they need to be open to working with an expert and, and trusting them because, mm. yeah. That makes sense. That that relinquishing of control, I think a lot of photographers, I think because we see it, you know, as a very much a one-man band for a lot of us, we think we can do it all, but the, we can't do it all. We need to trust people who are the experts. We, we really do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then beyond that, if they have that correct mindset, it's about, you know, all the other soft skills that matter when you're working with someone in any field, uh, you know, communication and trust and and mm. respecting the other's time and uh, being honest and financial aspects and all of that, of course. Yeah, cool. And I love I, I love one line from your website. You say, so I choose not to work with people who come with the wrong attitude, superiority, arrogance, life's too short to spread bad feelings out into the world, which I think is a great line, man. I really I really believe as well. So that, I think I think it's great that you're saying that as well, straight up on your site. I think that's really cool. And that was hard to to internalize. And it just comes from experience. I've had my share of bad clients, of course. Mm, yeah so it just it just happens and yeah life is too too short I, I i i'm i need to be picky with who i work with but that's the only way i can keep the standard up and only work with photographers i can i know i can make a difference to yeah that's cool that's a great attitude and as you say life's too short as well to spend it working with people who don't appreciate what you're doing or who are just not even polite or not nice being nice man it's so important isn't it yeah yeah it's it's funny how being nice uh sometimes equates to the ability to say no (laughs) because Mm, and maybe yeah photographers should do that as well in their business um that's true um, you know they it's every market is saturated and uh, they're all photographers are trying to outprice their competition and prices go lower and lower and why because it's you know the desperation for money and not being able to say no to the wrong clients it's Mm. it all comes down to that that's true isn't it it's true and a good point on it being such a saturated market um you know do you have any tips from a web design 
viewpoint. I mean, how do we really differentiate ourselves from the the photographer down the road? You know, it's getting more and more saturated and, and the website's obviously the first thing really that people see. Do you have any tips on how we can stand out? I guess a wholly unique website is a is a big deal. Um yeah, so making your online presence unique uh the website any sort of social media presence and all of that of course that matters that's a way to to set yourself apart from the crowd uh right mm -hmm. you invest in a top-notch design you pay more attention to copywriting on your website uh, maybe you do blogging you put some sort of personality into your website and all of that so mm. that creates a more polished um, online presence which of course increases trust and it makes you more trustworthy right so mm. you can attract more clients that way but um, maybe the bigger problem for most photographers is that they're just not specialized um, in sort of a narrow niche, a narrow uh, specialty from the start. So their right. website is too generic. Their, their photos are too generic. Mm. Um, and that's, you know, it's the nature of some industries. Um, I, when I got married a couple of years ago, uh, my wife no, and congrats, I, congrats, congrats, oh, thank you. <laughs> my wife and I, uh, because I had some sort of photography background, we went for uh, some very good photographers in, in our city here. And uh, uh, cool. who, who are they? I might know them. I might know. Okay. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, they called Ostafi. O-S-T-A-F-I. Yeah. Anyway, so, but they were above average in terms of price. They they had amazing photos. But when we got the photos um, after the wedding and we showed them to family and friends, every single time uh, those people would ask, how much did they cost? It was the question on everyone's lips, which... Okay just shows how commoditized the wedding photography business is in some parts of the world maybe That's true. yeah uh, so if you're just if it's just a race against your against other photographers just solely on price where is that heading right mm, it's it's so just, true it's just a bad way to to spend your, your time working on your business and mm. positioning. I, I just see that in my bones. I see it as the, the solution to all of that, to try to be unique mm. in some ways, right? If, if you're only... Um, if you're doing generic wedding photography, why not specialize in a subset of your clients that you 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 know you've enjoyed working with in the past? Like only shooting, I don't know, only shooting um, gay couples or only shooting wedding photos in a documentary um, style, like reportage. Documentary yeah. style. Yeah. Um, I knew a <laughs> photographer. They only shot like cinematic black and white photos yeah, cool. for weddings. Uh, or um, so true, isn't it? Because you put yourself in your own niche then, and then you can almost charge what you want if no one else is doing it. Exactly. Then exactly. You you've said it perfectly. You you create a, a small niche for yourself. And in that small niche, you're the expert. They come to you because you're top of mind for them. Um, 
there's there's a website I really like. Um, it's a photographer from from the UK actually. It's she's called Anna Pumer. Anna Pumer Photography. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, and, and she does kick-ass photographers as well. Yeah, like super yeah. fun weddings. And if if you check out her website, it's just so colorful and playful. And if you're a, a a bride looking for that sort of photography, of course you immediately trust her. Right. Uh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know her. I spoke to her for a little video I did for members. That's funny you mentioned her actually. That's cool. Yeah. I, I I use that website example often just because she's a great super fun weddings. It's it's a way to stand out, right? She isn't she isn't targeting a specific uh you know market vertical or horizontal. She's just super fun weddings. That's her spiel, that's her thing, and it's it that's works. Cool. Yeah, definitely. And, 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 and she has it on her site. And then you mentioned it earlier as well was a personality, you know, the important, how, how important do you think personality is on a website? You know, it, it is very important, especially in, um, photography specialties, um, where you sell services and not products and where mm. you interact with people one-to-one -one usually. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, so then all those soft skills, again, communication and trust, uh, it comes down to that. So if your website doesn't convey that personality, then they never end up uh, on that contact form <laughs> to to mm -hmm. ask for a booking. Yeah, so it's, it's so true. And it, I think, especially, you know, from looking at again from a wedding photographer angle, a lot of the time when we're creating our websites, we have that SEO in the forefront of our mind. And so we end up writing copy that is so bland and generic, you know, and yeah, and then it's maybe good for SEO, but then people are coming to the sites and, and not converting because we sound so boring. If If a friend were to ask you what do you do or what is your website about would you then go into a, a long comma separated list of <laughs> keywords no <laughs> it's, that's true it's using natural language including in in the seo tags i mean everyone's obsessed about the seo title and the meta description as if they're the holy grail of seo and of course they matter but mm. sometimes photographers forget uh, that the main purpose for those two tags is that they get seen in Google search results and they need to sound um, attractive and friendly so people click on your website. You need to attract people to click on your website, not just make, make a dumple list of keywords in there. That's not how it works. That's so true. Yeah, it's like a little, little mini call to action, really, isn't it? As well. Exactly. And so writing, uh, writing those calls to action, it's it's a skill. It's a business skill. It's copywriting. It's not, mm. it's not something you know. Photographers spend a lot of time on technique and gear but not on the business skills sometimes so i think you're so right i think and i'm guilty of it as well i don't think i have enough personality in my personal wedding photography site so my background is i have not i didn't tell you before i started being a wedding photographer i worked for an seo agency actually as a, a link builder so i was um, just building links all day really so i have some seo knowledge but i think that's why my site then is not very personality driven and i, I need to change 
change that. I really do. Yeah, all, all those small words, uh, microcopy, all the small words you use on our website, they matter. Just um, infusing a, uh, some humor in there. The about page is a great place to show your personality and to have it written in the first person, right? I or me instead of mm. we, that's mm -hmm. that's a big uh, common problem, right? <laughs> if it's a solo photographer, why is it we do? Yeah. You're losing I, trust immediately because they think you're a team. You're not as approachable as a solo photographer. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I did that originally as well. I think I used we, I think, because it, it seemed to be, you know, sounded maybe a bit more professional, like I was this company rather than a solo person. But people know they're buying into a solo person when they want a photographer. They want a single person rather than a, a cold conglomerate company, don't they? So. Yeah, there is a place for sounding more formal, but is it for... Uh, talking to brides i don't think so no you're right definitely mm. yeah. and on that about page specifically do you think is it more important to show personality than it is to show maybe a list of achievements or accolades or should you show both or you know oh it's tricky yeah it is uh, both uh, i i mean they help to show words and accolades like you said it's it's social proof in some way it shows that you're experienced and that your work has been recognized in the past mm. uh, but you need both you need you also need a personal story especially on a on a wedding photography website uh, they I, I just feel it's the sort of niche where the clients, right, the bride and groom, need to relate to you personally and somehow. Mm -hmm. they, they, they don't take the decision solely based on whether you won a couple of awards. They need to like and trust you in some way. And, of course, they need to love your images. That always trumps everything else. That's true. That helps. <laughs> that helps, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but so many photographers think that they can take a great image. Um, so that's all they need. They'll just show their images on a website and they're going to be booked. But obviously, as you know that more than anyone else, it's not just about the images, is it? It's just, it's not at all. Um, yeah, it isn't. Um, it's the number one factor, but it's not everything. Um, you know, a photo speaks a thousand words or whatever the expression is. Uh, <laughs> but that's not, well, that's true if you really nail your portfolio and it really speaks volume of your work. But uh, that does, doesn't happen either most of the times, uh, mm. either because, uh, you know, editing down a portfolio, only choosing your best work is a really tough job. Mm. It's hard for photographers to, because they're so uh, emotionally attached to some of their photos, it's hard to to narrow down a portfolio. Um, so they leave the galleries too large, tens or hundreds of images. Yeah, which... guilty, guilty, guilty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, in, in a portfolio website where, right, you're not a stock photographer. You, you don't need a huge archive to sell. It's not a volume game for you. It's just uh, a, a need to impress, to visually impress visitors. So then, why not only have 15, 20 strong, strong images in the portfolio um, and that's it. But oh, it's, it's just, it's a 
re- uh, it, it, it is a really difficult thing to do to it narrow down. Uh, and also because I think you know, as a, I want to also show that I can take and you know, hopefully good images you know, sometimes, but also that I can take quite a lot of them consistently. So I think a lot of photographers want to show like almost quantity is quite important to show that they can do it consistently do you know what I mean but then I understand totally where you're coming from as well and just um showing yeah. you very best and they they don't exclude each other uh there are different places for each one right so the portfolio page uh or multiple portfolio pages they can just be the best of and that's it and then you you can have the blog area on the website which is more a uh, documentary version of your work right you, you you show a blog post from a wedding uh and then you cover more there right you show the full range like you documented mm-hmm. that wedding from from beginning to end perfectly um but that's not the real purpose of the portfolio page, right? When I when I land on a website for the first time and uh, I see a gallery, a portfolio gallery that's like 50, 100 images, I won't have the patience to sit through all of it. Mm-hmm. And then in it, I also see, right, the same scene shot from two different angles or oh, one yeah. is in color and one is in black and white. <laughs> Uh, just to show what that both editing options are possible is to me it's just a sign that the photographer couldn't make up their mind so that's why true, should i trust yeah. them mm, that's good oh, that's so good it's so interesting talking to you man i think people are, will get a lot from this it's great it's awesome um okay let's change tack slightly um let's change tack slightly what are you um have you ever netflix fan at all or any other tv streaming <laughs> service are you watching anything good at the moment or have any favorites you can recommend uh sure um yeah i watch netflix um i'm a fan of um let's see i'm a fan of wacky comedies that's what i would call them my my absolute favorite is arrested development oh you know i've never i've never seen that it's it's so it's it's a really funny laugh out loud comedy but it's so so dense like if you you blink you miss three jokes oh really cool um yeah and in the similar vein um i've loved veep with julia louis dreyfus a great comedy and It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Another show. Oh, I've like. seen a few episodes of that. I like that. That is the, strange the humor. Darker, like stranger yeah. humor. Humor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Curb your enthusiasm with Larry David. I'm into that sort of comedy. I've yeah. never seen that as well. These are things I've heard of. I've never seen them. I need to get. I yeah. Need to get it, on it, that. Curb your enthusiasm is from Larry David, which is the co-creator of Seinfeld. Uh, I've, which I've never seen as well. Never seen that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it's bad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you watching anything at the moment that's like new? Anything new or anything? Or uh, something new? Let me think. I, I I've watched uh, Killing Killing Eve on oh, Netflix yeah. recently. That is it's good, kind isn't of it? a comedy drama. Really good acting. Yeah. Mm. That's, and that's a strange concept with the whole, a whole assassin type thing. And yeah, but exactly. that's good. Right. But, the, but the comedy theme through all of it, I also enjoy that as well. Because yes, it's funny moments within it. Yeah. Oh, really funny. Like the head, the older woman who's um, Eve's boss. She's so funny. She's exactly. So funny. Yeah. 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 
Oh, good stuff. I'm what we're watching. Have you seen the original Karate Kid, the film? Uh, no. Oh, yeah, I think so. A long time ago on TV. Well, but yeah. I noticed something new come up on Netflix. Yeah. So uh, called Cobra Kai. And it's based, yeah. it's the same characters, but like 34 years later. And oh, man, it's so good. It's very cheesy. But if you like the original film, it's so good seeing them 34 years later. It's so good. Anyway, anyway, let's go on again. But that's good. Uh, people can get some recommendations there from both of us, which is cool. Um, what What does it mean for you? I like this question. So, and it's good. It's, it's not just um, photographer specific here, but so a different industry. What does it mean? for you um, to be successful what is success for you oh um, I like the I like the hard question <laughs> yeah I and I, I embrace the challenge um, <laughs> well I try I try not to equate uh, success with with money because it's it rarely comes down to that I might have all the money in the world but if I'm unhappy or in I'm or in I'm in a toxic relationship and all sorts of stuff I wouldn't be happy right so success then comes down to doing what you love and feeling you're good about it and just any sort of progress, whatever you wish to do. If if I feel I'm making progress towards my goal, that makes me happy. Mm, I don't cool. know if I've answered it, but yeah, I think that's a really good, um, a really good outlook on, on success and happiness in general. That's great, man. Really cool. Going back to actually when you you're talking about because um, you mentioned toxic relationships there, which you're obviously not. You're happily you're happily married. When you were looking for a wedding photographer, then did you already have those people in mind or were you looking at like the rest of uh, the brides and grooms were you looking at lots of wedding photography websites and making your own choice then um i did do a bit of research um scanned websites for some local photographers and i just um it must have been funny as a web designer looking at all these wedding photographers websites yeah right? and as a past uh, amateur wedding photographer myself uh, you know okay. I could I could see some small problems or things that, that I loved on their portfolios um, but mm. yeah that's basically it and I just I I wouldn't say it was a, a rational too much of a rational decision I just went with my gut with the types of photos that I resonated with if that mm -hmm. makes sense yeah well that's cool that's cool i think that's what we want people to do yeah. i think yeah but and, I, I wanted that freedom to choose based on the look of the photos and not based on a budget uh which is i, I understand that's not an option for someone so some clients might need to stick to a budget but even within that budget they can still right shop around for the the best photographer yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah so true um what are they i mean obviously you see hundreds or thousands of websites and uh, you were in the market yourself at, at, as we said one point for a wedding photographer what are some of the most common mistakes then that you see on not just always specifically wedding photographers but photographers websites you know yeah what are the most common mistakes and you know how can we avoid them um, besides, um, uh, what we've been talking about, right, with differentiating themselves with bland, boring websites, uh, those happen. I, I see those all the time. Um, a big problem is 
when they're trying to combine um, unrelated specialties on, under the same roof. So okay. wedding photographers who also do architecture or, you know, trying to combine two niches that don't play along well together. Mm. And I get that it's easier to manage everything under the same website. It's You have to pay fewer services and it's easier to manage and all of that. But um, it's hard to market, to promote that sort of website because, uh, you know, th those two target audiences don't have nothing yeah. to do with each other. So that makes sense. They but should you be think... broken down into separate sites sometimes. But something that is more related, like maybe kind of weddings and families, do you think they're okay to be on the same website? Of course, right? So when, when there is any doubt, I I tend to go with having a single website because, like I said, it's easier, but only if there is some sort of overlap between those audiences, right? So you can expect your wedding photography clients to also maybe book you for a family portrait mm. or for maternity photos or things like that. But yeah when they're completely distinct, then they should be separated. Yeah, mm, That's good advice, makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, and then, I don't know, another mistake of just not having um, contact information easily available. <laughs> um, it happened to me when I was looking for a wedding photographer, like, um, why do you, <laughs> why does, does a photographer make me work too much to find that contact information right uh, yeah sometimes it's uh, it's not on the contact page sometimes they just have a simple form maybe i don't want to use the contact form maybe i want to send an email from my own gmail account okay. so i had to to hunt it down on their about page and then i couldn't click on it uh, or even select to copy paste it because you know it was they had email obfuscation right they said uh, uh jane uh, space at in parentheses they try to <laughs> avoid spam and all of that. yeah so just don't make visitors work too much <laughs> to, to get sense. in touch um or not um another big thing for any sort of photographer who um does services in a location is mentioning that location on the website. Mm -hmm. uh, if they need to cover a city or uh, an area, they need to specify that because it's it's a selling point. It's a way to differentiate yourself among other photographers who are more generalists. Uh, but not all people do that. I don't know why. It's just negligence. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. It's so interesting, man. It's so yeah. It's so interesting. I get yeah. Get all that. It's it's something I think that a lot of photographers hear about as well. Maybe don't understand too much about. You know, is is bounce rate something that we should be concerned about? You know, is it really important? Well, bounce rates in, you know, in Google Analytics reports, um, uh, they're just a sign that uh, visitors come to the website and then they leave immediately. But it's mm -hmm. just a sign for something else. And then you have to kind of put your detective hat on and try to figure it out. Why did those people leave quickly? It could be that 
um, the website was ugly. Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> uh, or it could be that um, the content on the website, and by content, I mean both the photos and any text, uh, the content didn't match their intention, right? Their search query. When someone searches for something on the website, they expect to find website content in that direction. So it didn't mm -hmm. match. And that's where SEO stuff can go wrong because you're trying to rank for, you know, the, these very competitive keywords, key phrases, but mm -hmm. they don't, sometimes don't have anything to do with the actual content you have on your website and then of course mm -hmm. bounce rates are higher because there's a mismatch yeah i agree with that but you, it's isn't it also conversely you could look at it the other way in that if someone has searched for something and then they find the answer perfectly on that page then they can just they'll leave but they found the answer to their query but the bounce rate will still be really high then um, yes and no, because it depends on the type of query, right? We're not talking about mm. uh, people Googling how tall is Brad Pitt. And That's you true. find that information mm. and then you're on your way. We're talking about people looking for a photographer. So then any visit that doesn't end up with... Uh, the contact form being used or with them visiting the contact page or reading a blog post or anything like that, then it means it was a lost lead. Mm. It was lost traffic. Oh, yeah. So no, I totally agree. Website. Yeah. yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I just I just I totally agree with what you say. I just wonder how if because a lot of people say that a high bounce rate is kind of bad for SEO. But then I was just wondering, how does Google differentiate between like, as I said, you know, a website could have a high bounce rate, but really be answering that person's query really well. But then as you're saying, it's, it's not obviously good for a photography website. But how does Google differentiate? Do you know what I mean? And knowing what a uh, a, what a specific bounce rate if whether that's good for a website or bad for it because as you say that it can be two totally different things well uh, google probably knows how to differentiate them of course it's a their algorithm is a black box we don't know yeah. what goes inside it but um it's not the only factor right there are hundreds of factors so even if you know you have a website that has a higher bounce rate which is bad maybe you're doing other things right maybe you get links from other websites or sources mm. or other factors are good on your website performance and mobile friendliness and all of that so um i mean i understand your question it's a it's a really interesting one and it makes me think of um a question I actually got from a portrait photographer and um, they were asking me whether to use keywords uh, like portrait photography versus portrait photographer. Mm -hmm. And because, uh, right, it's a valid question yeah. what, what keywords to use. And my answer was that when selling services, when you are selling yourself as the photographer, then use photographer keywords. Mm, uh, because, right, someone, if you're just using photography everywhere, like, uh, I don't know, um, portrait photography or business photography or, pet or dog photography, <laughs> yeah. maybe you're just targeting, you're attracting 
shallow traffic which just wants to view photos and then leave and then mm, you get that high makes total rate. sense yeah that makes sense. it's it comes down comes back to the search intent uh right mm. if they're looking for a photographer then they would search that on google not photography which is more generic mm, that's so right. true yeah and, and the I... opposite uh right photography that applies to other specialties like if you do have uh, stock photography, uh, of course, use those types of keywords. It, it all comes down to the goals. It's so interesting. And you're so right. You're so right. It's so interesting, man. It's so funny because, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I love what I'm doing now, but I did enjoy, I guess, what I did back in those days of um, a bit more in SEO. And it's fun talking about it again. So I'm really, I'm really enjoying it. It's good. And I, I know people will be getting a lot from this. So thank you. This is great. This is really cool. Now, one thing, you know, obviously photographers, we're so obsessed generally with images, obviously, because we're into photography. Uh, so what about image size in general on web? You know, best practice, can, you know, is it still as important as it was maybe 10 years ago to have small file sizes for our JPEGs and things? Um, what, what's your input on image size? Uh, I think it's still important these days. Um, 10 years ago, maybe, you know, devices and network connections were very slow so mm. images needed to be low in file size but these days uh it's just that website performance seems like it's a strong seo signal it's a strong factor for google as well and it also ticks the user experience box as well because mm. when a website loads quickly on mobile especially it it helps Mm. And with photography websites, right, the big problem um, is images. Uh, mm -hmm. They take up so much space and photographers don't know what to do about it. It's, it's, it's such confusing anyway. And I get these vague emails asking about image sizes and DPI and all of that, which mm. is a common misconception, right? For the web, mm. DPI is not relevant. We're only talking about pixel dimensions on the web. We're not talking about printing photos. Yeah. Uh, the web works in pixels. So, uh, and there's also no golden rule that I can give you because all the photos need to be sized depending on the template or the website, right? If you have, um, you know, a page on your website that has photos 800 pixels wide, mm -hmm. then you should you should make uh, your photos that size and not more, or you could double that size to take uh, retina screens into consideration. So the images okay. look crisp on, you know, newer devices, mm -hmm. but not more than that. You should never upload high resolution files to, to websites uh, because you're just asking for trouble, right? They get, they can get stolen. Mm. That's true, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And do you have any advice on, you know, I just use, um, Safe for web in Photoshop, I do. Do you have any advice on maybe any other kind of compression software or anything? Or? Uh, yeah, I when using Photoshop, uh, Safe for web um, is good, but the newer one, not the old legacy version. Um, oh, okay. I think I still use the old legacy version. I think. Actually. Yeah, I, I not not a big difference, but I, I've seen a, a few better results from the newer version. Okay. Um, and then, but but yeah, but that 
is all about compression, right? JPEG compression, the, the quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are more decisions that go into that. Number one is pixel dimensions, like I said. So mm-hmm. at what dimensions are you exporting that photo? And then, okay, you've, you chose the correct file type, which is JPEG in this case, most of the times for photography. And then what quality level do you set in Photoshop, right? Mm. It's a scale from, I don't know, one to 12, I think, or to 100%. Mm. What quality level do you choose? Because 100% outputs huge file sizes. And Mm. anything beyond 85, 90, you you cannot discern the difference. So scale that down to, I don't know, 70%-ish, uh, where you're comfortable with you know the balance between file size and JPEG artifacts and noise. And that is, is a better middle ground for the performance of the website. And then you have those files, right? You exported them on your computer, and then it's time to upload them to the website. At which stage the website can do a bunch of other smart things in the background if you have a WordPress plugin or if you're on a, on a different platform and the, the platform does it for you, um, it can further compress those photos in a lossless manner, right? So a pixel identical compression, but those tools or plugins can sometimes squeeze five, ten percent more uh, okay. in terms of file size, and then they do a bunch of other stuff like lazy loading or generating next-gen formats of those images, and together all of those add up to making uh, Google happy. Mm, okay, cool. That's lazy loading is something I hear. Is that just when the image will only kind of be loaded as they scroll down the page and things, or what is that? Yeah, exactly. It so okay. when you first load a page, only the, the photos above the fold get loaded immediately, and everything else is loaded um, asynchronously um, in the background. Okay. Uh, it doesn't have to be annoying. You know, maybe you saw websites out there, like when you scroll, the page was, there was an empty space, and then the photo slowly faded mm. into view. That's, that's annoying. But yeah. uh, they could be just loaded separately after the top images uh, finish loading. And the, the website and plugins can be, can be smart about that. And uh, do that. Okay. Yeah. Mm, that's interesting. Man, thank you. I've really enjoyed talking to you and you've given, I mean, you've shared so much great advice and tips. Thank you. Do you, could you, could you tell us a bit more about, you know, about you in, in terms of the services you offer it in case, you know, anyone wants to get in touch because I know you do your own bespoke design service, but you also offer kind of educational products and services as well, don't you? Can you tell us a bit more about that? Um, yeah, everything, my, my home base, um, everything I do is at foregroundweb.com, F-O-R-E, groundweb.com, and that's where I have a list of all my web design services, but also uh, a ton of articles and freebies on my newsletter and just um, education for photographers, only about uh, photography websites. That's my whole thing. 
that's cool very cool and if anyone you know uh, head to the site if you're listening whilst running or i don't i always say whilst running i I hate running i hope people are not running all the time but um yeah if you do enjoy running and you're listening to the podcast do head to thisreportage.com and i'll include a link to alex's site there and and more info about him and what he does as well and man i could just tell from just only chatting to you uh for an hour that you know your stuff and i think it's so cool that you're you know you're in this photography niche so you know um what this market is about so yeah it's great people do 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 head to your site sign up to your newsletter um yeah it's awesome man thank you so much for your time thanks for having me on the show i hope your listeners got something valuable out of this and you know we're in strange times but after all of this passes who are the photographers who actually work on their business and put all of the information to good use right it's an opportunity in some ways it's very true yeah it's true i've been doing it a bit during this time with um i've only got three more weddings left to shoot now and one of them cancelled uh, or postponed um yesterday it's 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 mad it's such a mental time it's mad but yeah, yeah we is. can spend it wisely um doing website stuff so all uh everything's in order for when you know this hopefully ends and people are shooting again yeah let's let's uh hang in there and have the the group this growth mindset while we're in it hope yeah mm. hope we end up better when it goes over yeah yeah man thank you so much for your time uh, yeah, it was just so it was really interesting and i've got loads from that and i know other people will as well so thank you man thank you thank you as well right bye 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 You've been listening to the 44th episode of the This Is Reportage podcast. It was so interesting talking to Alex and I got a lot from it. I hope you did too. As well as designing and creating sites for photographers, Alex also offers lots of educational services, such as online courses and articles. Head to thisisreportage.com for a link to his website. This Is Reportage members receive an exclusive discount on Alex's products too. Sign into your account on TIR and visit the members area to find out how to get this exclusive discount. We have 43 other episodes of the podcast released with photographers such as Ross Harvey, Frank Boutonnet, Fabio Mirula, Rocio Vega, Anna Rowland and more. If you're not yet a member of TIR, check out all the benefits of joining us, including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 reportage award and 18 story award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties when, you know, they can happen again, Exclusive discounts, over 17 hours of educational videos featuring tips and advice from some of the world's best photographers with more videos added regularly and much more. Deadline for our next round of awards is soon, 2359 BST on 23rd of September 2020. We've also recently launched our sister site for documentary family photography, This Is Reportage Family, which also has the same awards deadline. No poses, nothing staged, This Is Reportage. And this is bye for now. Mm -hmm.